Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. Hello and welcome to another episode of CTRM Radio. CTRM Radio is sponsored by Enuit, provider of CTRM and commodity management solutions worldwide and hosted by CTRM Center, the place for all things CTRM. And today we have an interview with Andre Jaeger of Ion Commodities. Andre agreed to take a bunch of questions on Ion's overall strategy, where it's going from here, with a particular focus on renewables in Europe. And what follows is that interview. I hope you find it useful and interesting. And please do like and share CTRM Radio to help us broaden our reach. Thank you. Here's Andre. What is ION seeing in terms of market and developments? And with a follow-up, what's the killer app and functionality in this market? So Gary, yeah, thanks for, for having us again. The key items that we see on the client side is in general, kind of the need to integrate some of their energy transition related investments or any type of renewable assets, uh, PPAs into their traditional portfolio. It's usually you want to combine what you do traditionally on the power side with any of the new activities you move in that direction. We definitely see a big focus on certificates as well as in addition to producing the power is kind of managing the certificates. And this is on one hand, the green power certificates, but also carbon certificates more and more. I think very common on the European side, but even in the other regions, we get more and more demand. And then last but not least also renewable fuels. And there's always managing all the varieties that we see uh, across the different schemes, granularity, eligibility. The other day we had a call with a client that I was really surprised. Usually when we give a demo, we have like three or four people that are interested in a particular functionality. But I think from that particular client, we had 30 people globally that joined in, were interested to be educated of what we uh, have packaging available for certificates. And it was really that mix. There were some people interested in power side, some people doing carbon, and then the rest was doing renewable fuels. Then in addition to, and that's a little bit related to the political uh, situation, we see a lot of demand around LNG capability. It's probably that urgency to replace some of the Russian pipeline gas. So even some of the utilities that haven't started playing on the LNG side are getting more involved. A strong focus on expanding if they are already in the gas side uh, LNG wise. Renewable fuels I talked about, so it's not just the certificates, but also the related commodities, biogas, biofuels. We start to see some initial interest to talk with us about hydrogen. I think it's still a way, way to go but before that becomes kind of a main trading thing, but everybody sees that coming up from a future interest perspective. The other key point, and this is a little bit uh, more technology related, is the ability to easily extract analytic and reporting data. So we have been looking and working with a couple of clients around streaming technology. And it's all about kind of getting all these great data that you have in the CTM event-based close to real time out to be able to combine it with other data sets. Some, something that might be not necessary in the CTM, might be weather data, might be related asset content. 
So it's all about enabling that that data can be also externally consumed. So this is, I would say, the main areas on focus. Um, stole a lot of active, uh, activity in a traditional sense from a CJM perspective, but I would say that's the direction from kind of where, where the interest quite changed a bit in, in recent months or years even. Given the political situation, are you seeing any interest in coal solutions? Because there does seem to be obviously some need to reintroduce some coal uh, in certain locations, at least on a temporary basis. Yes, we, we definitely have seen a couple of new solution requests. There's definitely that, that coal is completely dead, changed a little bit because nobody wants to freeze in the winter uh, in Europe this year. So it's all about kind of finding some substitution. And I think based on existing technology and existing generation assets, it's clearly something that will be utilized if necessary. And based on that is some, some additional interest uh, of managing that uh, through a CJM. And this is also what you see on kind of where the price levels are. So um, I would not say it's a huge interest, but it's definitely more than expected based on the situation we're in. And what's, what, what, are the, what are the products that ION are pushing into this market? Which products are you attempting to position against the things that you've mentioned, for example? Yeah, so of course, we try to support the clients on the product they are on. But if you think about some specific capability to kind of support those areas, it's definitely FEA. So it's about kind of supporting asset type of optimization. So for example, if you want to co-locate some battery storage with your renewable assets, is about some of that structuring analytics. So if you think about the PPA contracts as a longer negotiation process, you work out with the counterpart, what non-linear components on what risk you're willing to take. And it's always nice to have a tool to kind of play through some of these scenarios and consideration. And that's not necessarily something that you want to do on the CJM side. So definitely FEA for that type of structuring analytics. We uh, released an independent carbon product. So some of the bigger solutions that we have in the utility space already doing carbon for carbon certificates for quite some time. But we see based on that global adoption, more and more players um, come to the market that are not necessary kind of utility based and that's all related to the ESG topic more and more companies want, want to be carbon neutral so more and more players want to support the trading around carbon certificates so we have a standalone carbon solution that we kind of built out as part of our, our aspect offering then of course consistent support of the uh, existing utility space around PPAs around certificates so that's a lot of what we're doing on the Allegro open link side and then almost across all the solution, there's some type of interest around renewable fuels. So it doesn't matter if it's right angle aspect, OpenLink Allegro or TriplePoint, which has a very strong so solution around renewable fuels, just supporting the needs, managing the fuel aspect, uh, the related linkage, and especially on those fuels are sometimes complicated to kind of really keep that relation between here's the physical fuel, it's in that particular storage and that particular rail car in relation to where the certificates that need to be linked and if you sell them attached you need to kind of hand them over so there's some additional involvement on the supply chain especially on the rinse side but that's something that we uh, support for our clients to ensure that they have the ability to cover the full supply chain in this context yeah if you put on your predictive hat seeing what you see in the market from your perception 
Where do you see the market going? Uh, do you see anything new around, for example, the distribution side or any new opportunity areas in the future developing because of energy transition, that kind of thing? I definitely would see distributed assets play a more important role. I think we're still sometimes trying to figure out how that influence kind of the wholesale market and what you do on the CJM side. I definitely see some additional need around kind of forecasting as well as the ability to kind of optimize some of these distributed assets that could be on the generation side, but could be also on the distributed storage side. If we think about kind of more and more electric vehicles being adopted, so you have distributed optionality that it would be good to optimize. It's a little bit the question if that goes up to the trading side, or is that more something that you do on the network side? The other topic, I definitely believe in hydrogen. I don't believe as a battery will be play a role, but not to the degree that kind of makes a difference for, for power generation. So I think you still have the challenges around lower power in the longer term. And I think hydrogen will play uh, an interesting role in this context. So that is definitely a key um, commodity for us to kind of have an eye on and seek what is needed from a CGM, from a risk management perspective. And then, of course, I think we still will see variations around what we currently see on the PPA market as well as on the certificate side. So it's all about supporting those variations. Um, I think we have good good coverage because we work very closely with the user group in, in recent years and months. But it's all about if there's new variations to see how do we support risk uh, management requirements or how we can make it easier for the clients to kind of maintain uh, those type of contracts in our systems. What are you seeing in terms of what clients are looking for now? What are they asking you to provide? Yeah, I think it's related to some of the stuff that we try to focus on from an investment perspective, as it's definitely the new markets. It's, it's definitely more of the same, but it's the ability to kind of combine it with, with some of the new needs, manage the PPAs, manage the certificates, uh, manage renewable fuels. It is all about bringing up some of the data, as, as I talked about. It's, there's a lot of great stuff in this CJM or in our solutions, but there's always other data sets that you want to pull in and combine. And this is something you can do best in a data lake. Um, and we kind of investing heavily in the technology to stream that data out because it's all about timing. It's about accessibility, enable your organization to make better decisions. I think we're still looking more and more for automation. So you have that mixed world of, on one hand, some and more and more of the trading gets automated um, and we want to kind of support high volume in a very efficient way on the other case uh, on the other side you need kind of decent amount of flexibility to cater to some of the new markets or some of the variations balance our investment to kind of support both sides that high degree of automation as well as kind of the flexibility to support some of the changes and then as part of that higher level of standardization we definitely see also higher trading volumes, definitely around intraday balancing side, um, just kind of more execution. I think we, we see the market now looking also into more standards like ESM or ES, as the ECMS already around for a while, but especially if we talk about electronic settlement matching, uh, will again have additional requirements if we get to daily setting or weekly settling for managing more data and more volume. So performance is definitely a key topic across the board. Do you, um, do you get on the risk side, uh, do you get 
interest in, in doing more event-driven risk calculation, more, more near real-time risk calculation, rather yes, than it, the typical overnight stuff that used to get done? Yes, 100%. Everybody is looking for the extraction of the data, but then also kind of timeliness of that extraction. And um, yeah, we're looking into streaming technologies, utilizing Kafka um, to kind of achieve that. And from a, we're not completely there, but from a directional perspective, it's clearly to get away from having a separate data set for intraday reporting and your end of day calculations. So the idea would be that you're constantly listening to any changes in your system. It doesn't matter if it's a new transaction, an update to a transaction or new market data coming in. Then if you're at that point that that combined data set of prices that you need, um, you just take a snapshot of that constantly updated data and kind of utilize that for end of day reporting. So yeah, we're definitely working in the direction to get away of having kind of a separate end of day calculation happening. So it's all about listening to any changes that comes in. Since a lot of market data um, is coming probably at the end of the day, you need to kind of still wait to a certain point in time and coordinate when you feel now it's a good time to take that snapshot, but we want to have that distributed calculation happening really across the whole day when the data is available. Mm -hmm. And we've talked a little bit about carbon and emissions already, but do you care to add to that? Because uh, obviously carbon is a bit more, well, these emissions instruments is a bit more than just trading it it's about also managing the life cycle and i think that's quite an important requirement yep now there's definitely also still some variation i think the eu ets probably started must be around 2006 or 2004 so it's already around for a while so i think that's decently established for a lot of the utility players here and then it's usually kind of managing the transaction manage inventory manage eligibility of different certificates. I think that's all stuff we have been doing for a while. Now it's getting into some of these other markets. It does not matter if it's California or Australia. So slightly different approach to something similar is again, you need to track certain classifications, certain projects. You need to kind of be able to value. You need to be able to track inventory. You need to manage the operational details when you have to transfer um, certificates between different registries. So it's, it's something where we definitely see even a wider interest now that that certificate trading seems to become really globally accepted for a way to um, get to that carbon zero. And especially for a lot of interest on the, on the buying side to kind of fulfill ESG type of norms. The, the other thing what's new, other, for those solutions, I think it's pretty pretty standard to kind of manage the certificates. What we see in addition is that out of these new re regions that come to market and looking at the end for a solution that they're not necessarily have a CTRM in-house yet, but they still want to manage carbon for their client base. They have a business model around yeah. that. And that's why we kind of went in that, uh, what we call carbon zero, where we have a dedicated SaaS solution to just kind of manage that whole carbon life cycle and the various certificates that are um, managed uh, and bought by, by um, the players that look into that sustainable um, goals. We've talked a little bit about this, but 
given the fact that obviously we've got a bit of an energy crisis going on this winter in Europe, and we've had talk from the EU and various national governments about market interventions, have you, and coal, you know, going back to coal is probably part of this same story, but have you seen any any potential emerging requirements or changing changing of requirements in terms or any impacts on potentially CTRM and related software that may result from market intervention? Yeah, as it's definitely something where from personal interest working in that industry, you can try to follow a little bit what's going on. As a partially my and that's partially also my own opinion, it's definitely I like the idea of trading as a market approach to kind of manage supply and demand. So I'm always conscious or careful about regulations and how that might affect that dynamic that you have usually mm-hmm. in that trading approach where we try to, or the market tries to optimize yeah. to a certain degree. And it, I think that political intervention might have that risk that you, you run into unintended side effects. On the other end, I definitely see some situations where something needs to be happening from the government side. I think here in Germany, the situation with Uniper or VNG, yeah. they didn't receive the contractual agreed Russian gas delivery, sold the gas already at a, a much lower price, and now have to replace it with a much higher market price. And they would have been defaulted in this case, probably having more rippling effect in the industry. So this is something where I think it makes sense to kind of jump in. I think it also makes sense if you had more and more cases where industry businesses or even pri- private households cannot afford energy. And I don't know, it, it, it's in various cases, a very basic need where I also would believe it's it's good to kind of find it, find a way to support uh, the businesses or the people that really run into trouble. I think that's happened on the Corona side. That's happening uh, probably now in this case, but it's it, it's definitely it's not not easy to get it right. So I would be always very careful about what to be what should be done. And now coming to what you actually asked is kind of the effect on our business. Um, so far, we haven't seen uh, less interest. I think at the moment we we definitely see that high prices, a lot of volatility, even more important to kind of understand what you have on the margining right. on the credit side. So at the moment, I would say still based on the situation, a stronger interest in risk management solution. But yeah, if, if you put the wrong mechanics in place, we might get, as I said, unintended side effects, especially on the supply side where we have already issues. And that might then affect also the interest in kind of buying buying solutions uh, in this case. But yeah, so far, I don't feel that there was a negative side effect from those political No, I don't. I don't what we're hearing is the market is very, very dynamic at the moment and uh, quite active. I'm sure you're seeing the same thing. Yep, 100%. It's... What, what, about, what about credit? Because you would think, obviously, that there'd be much more interest in credit and liquidity and, and the linkage to Treasury, which is something that I know ION was pushing with the Ender uh, solution yep. in the past. Is that something that's proving to be interesting to people and successful in selling? Yeah, I think it's... as a. I think there's still some work to be done. Although in the OpenLink, I think it's a specific case where you kind of get both worlds in a single solution. But I think there's that broader ambition that we still have on the iron side was having kind of a decently sized treasury business and now that decently sized uh-huh. commodity business to kind of find even more value for our clients to connect those solutions in the right way to help them on the on the financing side, on synchronization of data, 
So it's all about, at the end, based on that broader portfolio, it's all about finding kind of what is creating value for the clients. And I think especially at the moment, based on the high price levels concern about financing, and I think if you look at the overall market and the related training went actually down based on margining concerns, it's definitely something that we want to provide more solution in that context. We started discussions with a couple of clients in what directions um, it should go and try to understand then how the treasury department works then in context or, or in combination with what's happening on the commodity side. So clearly clearly a focus area uh, for us to kind of figure out what is bringing value and then connecting those solutions much closer to each other. In our recent risk study, one of the things that came out very strongly is that cloud seems to be now the environment of choice. Uh, it wasn't 10 years ago, but it certainly seems to be now. What is ION doing with some of its, and I hate to use the term, but from a technology platforming point of view, legacy products in terms of putting them in the cloud in a more cloud environment? You mentioned, for example, one SaaS product uh, in passing around, I think it was emissions, which was Correct. intriguing to me because I wasn't aware of that. So you know, an opportunity to uh, tell us what the plans are generally with regard to migrating some of the older tech to cloud and also perhaps what you've done in terms of software as a service and cloud-enabled software uh, in the recent sort of year or so. Sure. We have actually a mix of solution with kind of different delivery models. I would agree that at the moment, from a new client perspective, I think probably 80 to 90% go directly to the cloud. Nobody is looking necessary for an on-premise solution. I think this is still the exception that we're seeing that. Um, as part of the portfolio, we're a full SaaS solution, like Aspect. Um, that's the one we, that we also kind of offer on the, on the carbon yeah. side. We have other solutions that are not fully SaaS. What we do in this context is to offer, first of all, still cloud. Um, this is then kind of that infrastructure service as a part. So the clients have the advantage that they basically get the infrastructure as well as the software managed right. um, from our side. I also do believe that especially on the on the bigger clients, there, there's still a need for a high degree of flexibility and ability to adopt the solution, which I think is definitely the strength of the ION solution. I don't believe that the multi-tenant SaaS can provide that same level of flexibility necessarily. On the other hand, we definitely see the need that clients don't want to reinvent the wheel around some of these more standardized trading. So they're looking basically for a combination, very efficient, very quickly maintenance-free to run on the plain vanilla trading, but then very flexible on some of the new markets, more complex type of trading activity. And what we're looking for is to offer more standardization around, especially that plain vanilla aspect. So if it's now in the cloud, we're looking into more kind of providing data services, managing some of the static data for smaller clients. We're managing also some of the day-to-day activity. And the goal is to for, for those clients that are looking for the sophistication but don't want to have a necessary their own IT team provide kind of the best out of both worlds, giving them the sophisticated tool where they can build in some of their own IP at the same time, kind of taking some of the maintenance burden off their shoulder by organizing that for multiple clients at the same time. And that ensures, first of all, it's 
I think an interesting value proposition for the clients from a cost perspective, but that ensures also that we have more and more standardization across the different solution that we have in the iron portfolio. Because at the end, the, we, we assembled now a decent sized community uh, representing a decent size of the commodity trading. So it's all about now bring the community together and that could be through uh, services that we provide or could be uh, services that we connect uh, via partner solution. And that access to the community will become more and more easier if we have a higher degree of standardization. So it's a little bit longer answer, but I think we still uh -uh. Um, try to kind of serve both worlds. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't say just in addition, the other strat strategic direction that we're going is kind of what we call build once. And depending, and this, this means we build something a little bit outside of that traditional CTM, but then ensure from our side that it's purely connected. Depending on the particular need of that functionality that we feel it's worthwhile to manage independent, uh, might be a full SaaS solution or might be just kind of um, some other way of delivering. But then in, in those type of add-ons that we build out, we will always look into, is it appropriate to have a multi-tenant SaaS or is it something else that kind of makes more sense because we want to have that higher degree of freedom in this context. And this is something where we have a lot of discussion. As we just last week at ETOD, one of the discussions was around interoperability where I was on the panel. And as I said, for us, it's a key a key value creation item to bridge the gap or the differences between the CTMs that we have in our portfolio and just enable more and more community services. Because as a software provider, you need to kind of bring value to your client base. Otherwise, you cannot ask money or maintenance or some type of um, commercial arrangement around it. So it's all about kind of figuring out how we create value. And we strongly believe that bringing the community that we assembled closer to each other is, is creating value um, for the clients. And based on that, there will be more interest to kind of adopt uh, some of our offerings in that direction. Well, it was a really interesting conversation. And I picked up on that conversation with my colleague in Houston, Patrick Reams. And here's what he has to say, having listened to that conversation. I think, uh, I think Andre had, I think he touched on really a lot of the the particular issues that Europeans in particular are facing these days uh, with the current energy crisis and then the, the continuing influx of renewables and managing that marketplace. It's, I think a lot of that was to be expected. Uh, you touched a bit on the intersection of, of treasury, uh, particularly given the volatility that we're seeing in the European market. So, you know, I think that's a, that's one of the, the un- probably most unexplored issues that uh, the traders face these days, but uh, uh, it doesn't make necessarily headlines for consumers, but it's, it's clearly been an issue for the industry as a whole. But I, I think from my perspective, and this is probably just because it's top of mind, because uh, I chaired a panel on interoperability a couple of weeks ago at the energy trading event here in Houston, uh, put on by commodities people. It was a talking about interoperability and how to how to improve the efficiency of ETRM CTRM software and and clearly, I think uh, Andre had some great points there in terms of trying to make it easier for these systems to communicate with each other and so I, I found that one probably uh, from the standpoint of the the structure of ETRM CTRM one of the most interesting points. 
Did you get a sense of the current product strategy from the conversation? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think certainly they, they recognize the difficulty of fully cloud enabling a lot of their products. Uh, these are big products, sophisticated products, and, and moving them all into the cloud and making them uh, fully cloud enabled is, is clearly problematic. But I think they do have good solutions in terms of aspect and in terms of being able to continue to build out capabilities within that in the cloud to uh, kind of address those smaller opportunities that want fully cloud enabled. I think the the larger players in the market recognize the issues there. Uh, what about yourself? I mean, did you? Uh, you yeah, know, no. For me, it was surprised you. No, for me, it was quite enlightening and 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 somewhat encouraging. Um, I thought it was a great conversation, and the strategy or, or the aspects of the strategy that were were talked about seemed to make sense to me. I was uh, I was intrigued by the the development of um software as a service solutions in certain areas where it made sense as well i think that's a, a very good strategy overall i was to be honest i was i was uh, you know i enjoyed it it was, it was quite an impressive conversation and quite a range of topics that we covered plainly it was um a bit europe focused but nonetheless still very interesting and it seems to me that ion has moved on from the the immediate post acquisition sometimes perhaps even confusion around identity and product logos and which product they were selling it seems to me like you know there's they've they've got their act together in a much more coherent way and, and are really beginning to make some progress and thinking about where they can offer new solutions to the market yeah i i think i think in some ways their competitors have underestimated them a bit in, in terms of being able to kind of make it all work together uh they've clearly continued to to sell in the marketplace. I think there was uh, some obvious consternation on the part of buyers in the immediate aftermath of all the acquisitions that they did. But I think that they've steadied the ship there and, and the market's starting to accept the fact that, you know, ION is a, is a significant contributor to capabilities in this marketplace. They've, they've got the portfolio of products, whether it's open link or right angle or aspect or, uh, you know, even going back to Triple Point, uh, Allegro. I mean, these are all quality products that, that uh, you know they've they've rationalized, and and they're they're uh, to your point, they they know which ones to take into which opportunities, and and they're continuing to sell well. Well, probably the product that we didn't talk about uh, was Right Angle, and as I'm in the early days of of looking at the uh, the, the results from the the vendor perception study right angle shows up very strongly particularly in a north american context as a, a solid ion solution that a, a reasonable proportion of the market still has lots of confidence in and sees as a, a market leader since you're on that side of the pond have you any sort of thoughts on right angle and where it fits within the ion portfolio right angle is is kind of surprised me with its um, with its endurance if you want to say that it's still a product that, that's broadly used. It's a product that continues to be in demand, particularly for hydrocarbon liquids. I, I think the basic construction of that product was very good from the beginning where they, they included blending capabilities natively in the product. Um, I think that has, has enabled a lot of other uh, capabilities in the system that, that have been underappreciated by, by some of the competitors in the space. Uh, so yeah, I think right angle is uh, for hydrocarbon liquids. It, it's clearly, you know, one of the top contenders for any opportunity, and we've we've seen it selling well in North America. Well, thanks for listening. 
That was an episode of CTRM Radio, an ad hoc podcast brought to you by Commodity Technology Advisory, sponsored by Enuit, provider of CTRM and commodity management solutions worldwide, and hosted by CTRMcenter.com, the place for all things CTRM. And if you haven't popped over to CTRMcenter.com recently, uh, you'll find lots of news, views, opinions, white papers, analyst pieces, market sizing, you name it, it's there. Everything to do with CTRM software and your source for all the information that you would ever need on the topic of CTRM and commodity management software. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, please do contact us at Commodity Technology Advisory. With that, I'd like to thank our guest, Andre Jaeger of Ion Commodities, and thank you for listening. Hope that you found it interesting. Until the next time, Gary Vasey saying goodbye. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Basie and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.